0: Welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still knee-deep in tech and this is episode 39, recorded on the 2nd of May 2018.
1: And we're in Karlstad.
0: We are now in Karlstad. Yes. Which is about three hours away from home, give or take.
1: Yeah. And possibly one of the happiest cities in Sweden.
0: Well, considering that they always sound happy, even if they are um, pretty much... um, Furious? furious or trying to kill you or whatever they're they're still going to sound pretty happy yes
1: it's a piece of norway in sweden
0: it is a piece of norway in sweden you know there is actually a very small city or well yeah (laughs) city-ish around here that has our or i should say my uh, accent
1: okay I didn't I didn't know that Neither
0: did I but it turns out that in the late 1800s when they needed specific skills carpenter skills I think they pretty much got got a, a batch of uh, people from Astorialand wholesale and put them here and thus one of the uh, adjoining
1: cities I speak think I, my yeah, accent I think I actually heard this at some point There you go um Let's move on. We're a tech pod, not a linguistics pod.
0: That is very true. Well, let me start with, I just came back from Israel.
1: That's a a quote I didn't expect you to say a year ago.
0: No, neither did I. And it was, as I told the, uh, the organizers and the other speakers, that of all the things I had ever expected to do, Waking up in Israel the day I was going to give a talk at a technical conference was one of the things that I never thought would come. I mean, I get to go to Israel just because of the basically SQL family. Yep. And the, the two of us, we've gone to, uh, to Norway. We've, I have gone to Finland. You have gone to the UK. We have gotten to see so many things just by speaking and, and working with the community. Yep. So it was a great event. It was the third, I think, third or fourth. secret yep. um, Saturday in, in Tel Aviv or more technically in Tikva, which is a suburb-ish.
1: If we have any listeners from Israel, please rate the, the correctness of what Alexander just said.
0: Well, what?
1: Your pronunciation. My
0: pronunciation of "patacica" is actually correct. <laughs> uh, it took me a while to to, to get it in there. <laughs> anyway, we had four hundred attendees, give yep. or take. I think about fifteen to twenty percent dropped off, but that's yep. the usual case. Um, four tracks and quite a few speakers from abroad. So we had um, we had one guy from. Portugal, we had one guy from Brazil, one from the US, one from the UK. I came from Sweden and several Israeli speakers as well. So it was great fun.
1: And you didn't speak about databases.
0: I didn't speak about databases. No, I actually delivered a session called Speak Your Hands, improving your communication skills by using effective body language. So it was 60 minutes of basically me prancing around the stage, waving about, looking like a complete moron. But I think I got the the message across. It was a great fun. But I can make some interesting observations about the country Israel. It is very small, uh, marginally larger than a postage stamp. (laughs) It has some issues with infrastructure the roads are not very good but it is a a a nation of very very much a dichotomy i mean everywhere i looked there were new skyscrapers going up everywhere they were building four five six just in the same spot yeah they are working on some kind of of um, train system since the public transportation is pretty much non-existent but at the same time, it is a very high-tech and a very low-tech country all wrapped into one. Yep. The food was great. The people were super kind, as long as you were not out in traffic. <laughs> it took from uh, ben Airport to Petartiqua, to my hotel. It is a distance of about 18 kilometers. It took 75 minutes. Whoa. Then we went from the hotel to Jaffa the old town in Tel Aviv, around 12, 13 kilometers. It took 85 minutes. This was in rush hour. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like it, and I have been to to, to New York. Yeah. So it was quite a mess. But apart from that, it was fun. Jerusalem is something else. We had the great fortune of uh, one of the... um, uh, one of the, the organizers and speakers, One his, his brother, his twin brother actually, is a licensed guide in oh. Jerusalem. So we, we had a full day in Jerusalem going from site to site, uh, hearing the, the most amazing stories, looking at the emosing, uh, the emosing, <laughs> yeah, m- 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what you get we, if you combine words, the most amazing, the emosing architecture and, and historical sites. It was very, very much fun. Yep. Then it was time to leave, and well, eh,
1: ensure that you have enough time. Yes, the, re- the
0: recommendation is to have three hours at the airport, and that is a very good recommendation. I'll I'll leave it at that.
1: Yep.
0: Right, we actually had another community event.
1: Yep, which we organized in Linchping. We organized indeed uh, the Global Asher Bootcamp in Linchping. Yep. Uh, uh, Apart from the the usual drop-offs, mm-hmm. everything went great. We were about sixty people.
0: Sixty attendees. Uh, yeah, 60 sixty sixteen total. Sixteen total with with the speakers, right? Yeah.
1: So fifty. We had five. a
0: surprisingly high drop-off rate, I'd say fifty yeah. percent. But the weather was great. Yeah. That was probably not in our favor.
1: No. Uh, and and to get, I, I understand the challenge of spending an entire Saturday if you have great weather, doing basically work stuff. Exactly. Uh, but we had some great sessions. You had two.
0: I had two sessions, yes. we uh, Unfortunately, we lost one speaker very late, so we had to shuffle around a bit. And He's and I, fine, I, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine, by the way. We, we didn't lose him. He's still around. Uh, so I had to step in and do two sessions. I had one called Secret Server Hates You, yep. which was the, the afternoon one, and the uh, Azure Forced. Secret server the, for, the force awakens yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and i had <laughs> for the same reason i had to go on stage and do my automating window servicing using azure services
0: your your subtitle was much better do awesome stuff
1: and that that was the first one which i didn't do you didn't do that no oh okay right uh, we also had one of the highlights for me were the panel discussion Yes. On the dev track.
0: Yes. Very, very nice panel discussions.
1: Oh, I, I actually exceeded my expectations. The, the topic were basically it was on the dev track we mm-hmm. had, so mostly developers, and the topic were how can we work better together with IT pros? Yes. Uh, and we were a number of people in, in the panel and also had a lot of audience interaction mm-hmm. and had some really good points to take away some really interesting new ways of looking at it that I didn't expect to get away from that uh, discussion with.
0: I agree completely there were quite a few eye-openers. Yeah
1: I think the best one actually were one thing that I believe it was Igor or was it Simon? Yeah
0: no well try me.
1: Yeah the one where if you look at how IT pros and devs are measured right they are measured on total opposites yep developers that was eager. On, yeah so developers are measured on how innovative and how on the edge they can be and how much new things they can code from one week to another mm-hmm. versus it pros where we are measured on how stable we can keep a platform
0: basically how boring we can keep stuff <laughs>
1: exactly yep and of course if if you have those two different measurements of course that will clash at some time
0: Absolutely, but it it was a very um, clear and concise way to look at it. And he he raised some very valid points and ideas how to rectify this. And that ball was quickly taken up by Simon, one of our other speakers. And he kept running with it and and gave some interesting ideas for for working better between the IT pros and the devs. And even by dividing IT pros and devs, we're pretty much uh, pouring fuel on the fire. Yep. There is no n- necessarily no dichotomy between a dev or a uh, IT pro. So that's another side of the coin so to speak. Yep.
1: yep. we had a great time, great sessions. We had an IoT boot uh, workshop. Yes. That turned out great. A few drop offs there as well, but the people that were in it were super excited about it. Yep um thanks to our sponsors for making it possible absolutely and we will do it next year and this was also the start for our östergötland cloud user group yes so we'll probably be doing some webinars and perhaps even a meetup this fall
0: absolutely this is this is only the beginning
1: yep but it's it's a lot of work um but it, it's absolutely worth it
0: this was the first thing that i was a part of organizing and i have learned a ton yep. especially around the concept of communication yep. assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups and that's very obvious from um, some of the issues we had and in in this case we know each other pretty well uh, which i think was very useful since we uh, in in many ways could anticipate and and handle issues yep. that might have actually gone overboard had we not been so close
1: friends. Yep. Yep. Sure. We actually had to hack a computer to get internet access. I
0: couldn't possibly comment.
1: <laughs> yep. There so, might have been a computer say. hacked. <laughs>
0: some say there might have been a computer hacked and we might have received internet and that was that. So config manager. <laughs>
1: How could you guess? We, last week we received a new technical preview uh, with some high availability improvements so we can now have a remote site server content library to enable us to have our content separated from our servers so we're able to do uh, have a highly available infrastructure and have the content on a DFS or wherever we would like to So that's new. Mm -hmm. Moving on to a more highly available config manager infrastructure and also a more scalable infrastructure. Uh, We also have a few security enhancements that you actually can mask sensitive data in logs. So if you, for example, have a task sequence variable, you can now select do not display this value. So you could enter something that you consider secret as a variable, and that will be hidden um, in logs and so on. Uh, Same when you have program names and run command steps of a task sequence, you can mask parts of that.
0: Is that basically just a checkbox? It's a checkbox. Okay, since I see, well, how can I put this? troubleshooting is going to be a copper plated beep Yeah,
1: yeah it could make things harder yes um but it's a checkbox and it again it states the importance of having a separate test environment true of course you will you could run into issues in production as well but then you can remove things and just replace the Your secrets Mm. with something else, but you do
0: you do know the saying that every customer has a test environment.
1: Yeah, called production.
0: It not not all uh, all of them have a separate production environment.
1: Exactly. Yep, that's true. true. Yeah. Uh, Also, some additional improvements. We now have send a smile in the config manager console.
0: Send a smile. Why would I ever need that?
1: (laughs) It's a feedback function.
0: Oh. So it's not specifically directed to me?
1: No, okay. it's, it's, it's... I'm absolutely sure they didn't have you in mind when they implemented that feature. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, uh, things are happening. Uh, you are also able to now... and this is actually a very good thing. You're able to automatically filter out software update architectures in your rules. So, if you do not want updates for Itanium servers, you're now able to remove those.
0: Hello. Yeah. That only took, what, 35 years?
1: (laughs) I've actually owned two Itanium servers. Really? I did. Uh, I received a number of servers from my father, two of them Itanium. I realized that I had no use at all them so i never booted them which was probably good because i would have burned every single fuse in my district
0: i was about to say both your fuse and your wallet wow
1: they are heavy i know yep so from itanium servers to something hopefully a bit more modern
0: yes something very very interesting happened the other day with the um, Generation 2 of the Azure SQL Data Warehouse. Oh, So the Azure SQL Data Warehouse is, uh, is a bit of a weird duck. Many people coming from the SQL Server side of the fence don't have a clue what it is, how to use it, and make assumptions. And considering what we have just said about assumptions, <laughs> things don't generally work out very well. Those coming from the other side of the fence, that would be the BI people. They know this product since it was from the beginning um, called Project Madison, basically. Um, in 2008, Microsoft bought a company, Data Allegro, and the um, Project Madison was to build a massively parallel uh, processing database, uh, data warehouse product. It was based on SQL Server and Windows, It it was come to known as the the PDW, the uh, Parallel Data Warehouse. It is now called the Analytics Platform System, the APS. And it was not, to paraphrase ZDNet, not a smash hit. (laughs) (laughs) So then it was time to put this in the cloud. And here, the whole point of a massively parallel data warehouse comes into its own in another way. Since you can put your data in the cloud, you can use the data warehouse to massage your data, um, pre-create, pre-store, whatever you want to do with it. And when you're done with that flow, you pause or basically shut down your data warehouse. So this means that you are not going to spend any money when the data warehouse is sitting idle. Otherwise, the data warehouse is expensive. Yeah. But the issue here is performance. Since everything was stored on blob storage, that means that even with the the, the SSD storages, it was too slow. So you had on one side, a very, very fast solution for for massaging data, data, but getting it up and down was not too fast. The main competitor is Amazon's Redshift. And Redshift uses local, node ssd for storage it is blazingly fast but you can't shut it down you can't stop it since nothing is persistent well data warehouse version 2 or generation 2 adds the option of storing data on local nvme ssds oh so, you have the combination of persistent storage since it is still blob storage. It just moved closer yep. to the node. You can pause and restart the, the, the whole system, which you cannot do in Redshift. So, thus, it is touted as both a shot across the bow for Amazon and a new, very exciting tool to use in Azure. Yep. So, cool stuff ahead. I haven't had quite as much time to look at the SQL Data Warehouse that I want to. That kind of is the story of my life. There are so many things that I want to look at. But the Generation 2 is going to be a very, very interesting architecture. Not cheap, but then again, if you have these requirements, you have to be prepared to pay. Yep. Very cool.
1: Just a quick side note. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently... In the Office 29 public uh, preview documentation, the following quote is, on, uh, is inserted We recommend 64 bit architecture on computers that have 4 gigabytes or more of memory, but you should assess application compatibility and other factors that might require you to use the 32 bit version. So, this is the first. Microsoft is then recommending the 64 bit installation of Office over the 32 bit.
0: I think that is a very good thing since my pet peeve with the Office suite in 32-bits is somewhat surprisingly ODBC. Yep. Since you, you're you going to have a hard time working with the 32-bit Office and a 64-bit ODBC, as in you can't do it. Yep. And there are still some things that you cannot use... Um, a 64-bit for or 32-bit for. Take for instance the Power BI gateway. It is 64-bit. Period. Hmm. That's it. You cannot get a 32-bit ODBC uh, driver into Power BI via the gateway. You're sorry, it doesn't work. Hmm. So that's going to produ- produce some some issues if you have a 32-bit only environment on your machine. So yep. I applaud this. Thank you, 64-bit for life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Another thing. You're sitting down.
0: I am sitting down. Hold still. I'm holding still.
1: iTunes is now in the Windows Store. I know. Microsoft Store, sorry.
0: I know. It is so weird, but it is also the most obvious place for it to be.
1: Yep. And now you could probably get rid of those horrible update prompts from iTunes.
0: Yes! I was just about to say that. It hit me yesterday and I hate it.
1: Yep. So that's good. Speaking about Apple stuff, Uh we're not going to have a full walkthrough of what's new in Intune, (laughs) even though that's everything you should be interested about. But you now have line of business app support for Mac OS in Intune.
0: Okay. What does that mean?
1: You can deploy a native Apple app to a Mac using Intune.
0: Really?
1: So you can take your uh, macOS app package and put it into Intune
0: That's and deploy it. nice. That's very useful.
1: Yep. So they are bumping up their support for Apple, which is great.
0: Do you know which versions of the, the Apple operating system?
1: Everyone supported, I guess, okay. um, from an Intune point of view. Yep. Yeah, uh, look into the What's New uh, Intune page. Just Bing or Google, if you prefer. What's New in Microsoft Intune? You will find a great blog post. It was released, they released a new version about 10 days ago, and they have a lot of new feature in this release.
0: The whole release cadence thing. I mean, it's the 2nd of May as we record this. It's going to be a couple of days before I get this out. I can guarantee you there has been a, a new Power BI version when this gets live. Probably. Yes. Meh.
1: Speaking about getting out, we now have a new Windows release. We With do? the exciting name of Windows 10 April 2018
0: update. That was only surprisingly clear.
1: Yep. Only two weeks delayed. But now it's out. Um, we have a bunch of new features. Wait,
0: out as in out? Out out.
1: out. Oh. Out out. It's available. Cool. Since April 27th. Uh, so you can now get 18.03. Uh, from a user point of view, it's timeline. The ability to have your task manager going back in time. You also have, also have a focus assist, which is basically a do not disturb mode for desktop. Okay. Um, So that's good. New features in Microsoft Edge, Dictation, and so on, and looking at the IT Pro content, we now have a better support for Windows Autopilot, um, which is great. The one thing I really like, which has been missing from the start, is the ability to um, lock the device until it's provisioned fully in the out-of-box experience. So if you enroll, you enter your... Uh, email address your password with 1709 and previous you your users will get access to the machine before every policy and application is deployed
0: you had a client that experienced this and was furious
1: correct no that's another thing that's another and that thing. that was a bug that was a bug we, oh yeah. right okay uh, but this is actually something that many have requested right so you shouldn't get access to your machine before it's secured from correct. an IT point yep. IT pro point of view and usable Mm-hmm. from a user point of view yep. uh, Windows 10 in S mode new things to kiosks um, subscription activation you can now or you for a while you've been able to activate your Windows license to Azure mm-hmm. but now it will actually inherit your activation status to your virtual machines so if you have an activated Windows 10 device install Hyper-V add a Windows 10 device it will automatically activate that virtual machine.
0: Really? Yep. Yeah. I like it.
1: I just realized that that would come to server. Yep. That would be really interesting.
0: Yeah. Especially if it was connected to a KMS.
1: Yeah. But then you wouldn't need a KMS. If you have, like, yeah, it depends. It depends. But you, but you would only, you, you really shouldn't need it because if you then just install a Mac key, you don't need the KMS. You take your Mac key, enter it on your hosts. Mm. That would True. be it. True. Uh, you also have some new features to deploying updates if you run 18.03. So, next upgrade will be a lot easier.
0: 18.03 is actually installing on my machine as we speak.
1: I wonder if I've got it yet. So, uh, and also, uh, you're now able to control BitLocker during your upgrade. So, if if you want to, you can use the command line setup.exe slash BitLocker force keep active, which will try to upgrade your operating system without suspending BitLocker, and therefore leaving it. Previously, you you were in you. If you wanted to upgrade you needed to suspend it and you had a brief moment in time where your drive was unprotected. Mm. Now you can force it to be active at all times and if it's not possible it will fail the upgrade so you can ensure that you are encrypted during the entire time. Okay. And many other exciting features there's actually a lot more feature for IT pros than there is for users in this release which is something you really need to consider when looking at a new Windows release. You may not get that many features from a user point of view, but then again, you will get a bunch of them from an IT point of view.
0: Definitely, I mean, usability is great and stuff, but at the end of the day, there are quite a few enterprise admins that are screaming for new ways to keep track of and then manage their machines. Was that pretty much it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I can keep talking about... yeah. You Oh, if, I'm sure you can If you, if you like mean, commands, ensure to download oh, the yeah. complete reference for every single command, uh, the Windows Commands Reference. It's a 950 pages long PDF with all commands available in all versions of Windows OS for client and server.
0: That should probably keep you awake at night.
1: Or the complete opposite, I would say.
0: Also a possibility, correct?
1: Yeah. I think that that's uh, that's it.
0: That's pretty much it. Yes, and I'm looking at the calendar, and maybe we can do another episode next week, yep. or it's going to be when we go and make Kalmar and and Växjö unstable. Is <laughs> also a choice.
1: It all depends. Are, are you traveling anywhere next week?
0: Next week, yes, I am, actually. Next week, I am going to Finland. Yep. I'm flying out on Friday to Secret Saturday Finland in Helsinki. Yep. And that's going to be awesome. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to do Boring and Stable.
1: We, we, we definitely have time if you haven't done anything with next Tuesday.
0: Next Tuesday. Ah, we're going to... We we are doing a podcast. Yes, next Tuesday. If if
1: if you can't have time to record a podcast in nine hours, we shouldn't be doing it. Okay.
0: And on that... On all that, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yep. Okay. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.